are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. back to Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business, and the crew is fresh off of the 2021 Canton Fantasy Football Expo. So thank you to everybody who made it out to Canton. Thank you, Canton, for all your hospitality. Um, also, note to the Double Tree in Canton, buy more beer and liquor for next year's party. Uh, we drank the Double Tree out of most of its liquor. Joining, I also want to say hats off to Bob Long, our first ever guest on the Dynasty Rewind, put on a great Great show. Great dude. Go check him out. Everything he's got going on. Just drop a line and say hi. Fantastic guy. Um, also a fantastic guy. Joining me, we got Pork. How's it going, Pork? Doing good, man. Exhausted from this uh, expo from this weekend, but I had a ton of fun hanging out with the boys, going bowling, except for Mike because he didn't want to go hang out with the boys. But other than that, uh, it was great. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to go bowling and that I'm an adult and can make my own choices. <laughs> also joining me, we got Chef Nooney. What's up, Chef? The one week I go out to see you guys, and you just ditch us in the bowling activities, man. It was kind of kind of frustrating, you know, but he didn't want to go to Texas Roadhouse either. So let's just pour it on him tonight, boys. So in case you don't know me very well, I have an aversion to group chats and chain restaurants, in case anyone's wondering. So I guess I'm <laughs> leading the charge there. Um, leading the charge in our Debbie department. Great segue, Mike. Thank you. We got Nate Christian. What's up, Nate? I just had some delicious pork chops from Texas Roadhouse for dinner tonight. Just want to point that out. Uh, chalk went up on the board for Texas Roadhouse. Did they slap? Uh, they they did. They did slap. And uh, you know what else slaps? This incredible picture of Pork Man and myself that is getting memed all over Twitter. Oh, God. It's freaking hilarious. So that is a close-up of a picture taken by my wife, I believe. Uh, the, the back picture has a little bit of me in it. But uh, that is a great picture of you and Pork. I love it. Um, you better, you better, almost, you better copyright that before someone steals that. <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's true. And uh, that melodious voice that you're hearing, if you are not watching right now, that is Dan Rozier. You can find him on Twitter at the B League. Says he is our our uh, DFS and best ball guy, but he's joining us tonight to talk some second year breakouts. How's it going, Dan? Yeah, not bad. Sorry, I couldn't make the expo, but I feel like even though I wasn't there. I was still closer than what Mike was, it sounds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had to get your shots in, didn't you? Well, I'll say we did. Mike didn't go bowling. Bob at least went with us, but even though he said he was basically a professional bowler, he did not bowl. Okay. So yeah. I mean I don't Bob. believe Bob until I see him put six strikes on the board like Chef. Yes, sir. Right. I don't have the low center of gravity for bowling. <laughs> I don't know. It's all leverage. It's arms. It goes back. I take out lights. It's no good. Okay, so I'm glad you guys enjoyed yourselves. Oh, it we was fun. It was fun watching Maddie bowl. 
Oh man, six foot six self. He just he can't bend his knees, man. He's got tight hips. So he's six six. Is he really six six? Is he that big? Yes, he's tall as crap. The first time he told me that, I thought he was messing with me. But it was it was great seeing everyone. Great seeing everybody in person and uh, doing a podcast. The four of us together for so far the first and only time. Um, But I have already upgraded the mixer I got. So if you are a Patreon of ours. You will get to hear the two episodes that we recorded. We also have a very special guest from NBC Sports Edge. In the first episode, the audio, it might be a little iffy. I think one of the microphones that I had, unfortunately, is going bad. has a bad capsule. Um, so Porkman sounds like he's in a bit of a tunnel. But I tried the best I could to make it work. We are upgraded. I'll be using that mixer, which means I will be able to take phone calls and directly put them on the podcast so Dan can call in if he just wants to stop in and say hi. Or that means that we as a podcast can call Bob and ask him to rank his top five Steve's fruits, um, his top five undrafted interior Packers defensive linemen, however we want to go about it because Bob loves top five lists. So you want to make sure that you hit him up at Bob Van underscore IDP and make him do some rankings for you off the cuff speaking of bob or seo speedwagon as we call him we're going to be changing how our youtube videos are released they will not be released daily at six o'clock a.m except for this podcast because i made it that way i told him i'm not changing that uh times are going to be kind of all over the place so you want to make sure that you go and turn your notifications on when we release a new video we will let you know right away new let's video. get into it video, video. Yeah, sorry it's been a long day i got a dry mouth here you know what i mean not enough water today so Let's talk about some second-year breakouts. Um, I guess we might as well just get Van Jefferson talked about right away. Go ahead. I actually wasn't going to talk about him first. I was going to talk about somebody else, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys drafted the the wide receiver that the Eagles won it last year in the draft. Obviously, C.D. Lamb is probably one of the top wide receiver breakouts, uh, year two wide receiver breakouts this year. For obvious reasons, the guy is freaking good. Um, there was a report saying that they're not going to bring back Michael Gallup uh, for next year, which means they have Amari Cooper, which has an easy out, I believe, after this year in his contract. Um, so they're going to be showcasing Amari Cooper a lot this year. Um, I've seen a whole lot of great things in camp from him. Um, but the only thing we got to see is how healthy will Dak be. Um, my opinion, I don't think it matters. Um, I believe this guy is that good, and uh, I think he's going to have at least maybe 1,200 yards and almost double-digit touchdowns because that's just the the that's just the talent that he is. What you? I'm only going to agree to that if Dak is healthy because we saw what a train wreck the Dallas Cowboys were without a healthy Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I even said last year that even without Dak, they could plug and play Andy Dalton, and with all those weapons, they could easily win the NFC East, and they did not. So, Pork, I understand entirely where you're coming from, but until they either get a competent backup or Dak stays healthy, you, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to bank yeah. on Dak staying healthy, though, but I agree where you're coming from. But if Dak's I, not healthy... I, yeah, but I, I think if they see, like, if something's up with Dak, I think they make a move to get somebody that's at least competent <laughs> other than Garrett Gilbert because <clears throat> they can't go into the season with uh, an unhealthy Dak and a Garrett Gilbert and a Ben DiNucci, which is... A whole lot of trash. Uh, Earl of Dynasty saying, <laughs> "I think the poor candle on OnlyFans might already have been taken." So, yeah, uh, it's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tough checking in, saying he's at the pub and he can't hear anything, but he's sure that we all sound great. Cheers! Well, we do. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, 
Perfect. Chev, let's go to you. Second year breakout. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the guy from the Chicago Bears. I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney. I think he definitely has some huge upside going into this season. Uh, Last season, I think he only connected on four of 24 passes that were 20 yards down the field. I think that would definitely change this upcoming season. We watched him absolutely just get overthrown or underthrown all last season. Uh, And I think his separation is what he does best, too, even on the short routes as well. So I expect him to definitely eat up some of those targets this upcoming season. And I wouldn't be shocked if he goes over 100 targets. I think he had like 86 or like somewhere between 86 and 94 last season. So I think he's only going to go up, especially when Justin Fields gets in the game. I think he'll definitely have a good connection with him as well. So I definitely look forward to watching what Mooney does. I think last season I I said if I buy a Mooney shirt and he, he sucks, I can just switch it to Nooney but I don't think I'm going to have to worry about switching it to Nooney this upcoming season. Nah. <laughs> Jeff, else do, besides Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, do the Bears have anybody of relevance as a wide receiver we need to look uh, at? I think they got Marquise Goodwin, I think, is on the roster. Uh, they got Wims. Um, Jimmy Bird as well. Jimmy Bird. Bird. Yeah. yeah. Birds on there, so there's not like a whole bunch of talent below him either. I mean, especially when he traded Anthony Miller away, who was maybe the guy that was going to take snaps from him. I think he definitely gets a big uptick in snaps, and I think they're going to use him all over the field too. Okay, yeah, I like the Darnell Mooney pick. Nate got anyone for? I think I know where you're going. Come on, you got to know where I'm going here. Lavisca Chenault, and there it is. He is the wide receiver breakout for this year. The quarterback upgrade with Trevor Lawrence is plenty by itself. Um, I'm not scared of Marvin Jones because I think Marvin Jones takes DJ Chark's targets rather than LaVisca's. And I'm not scared of DJ Chark at all because the guy's barely been played in the preseason, barely been played in training camp, and Urban Meyer keeps yelling at him all day. So uh, I don't think much is going on there. Uh, he's, he's a bust candidate for me for this year. Um, but – Chenault, you guys know how much I love him. He was my wide receiver three coming out of his draft class, only behind Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Um, He's a guy that has produced when targeted. I was just looking at his player profiler. Um, He's got a 27.5% target premium. Now, a target premium, I've just learned, is the efficiency of fantasy points gained over the average wide receiver on his team. So it kind of evens the playing field out for the quarterback. So... LaVisca Chenault was 27.5% more fantasy points per target than the average Jags wide receiver. And that was good enough for number nine in the league. So he's outproducing all of his teammates. He got a quarterback upgrade. He doesn't really have that much competition for targets. He isn't actually used nearly as much in the slot last year as people think. With Urban Meyer there, it might be something a little bit different. But I think we're going to see him in the slot we're going to see him outside. We're going to see him moved all the way around. And he's also a huge threat in the red zone. And in fantasy football, if you can get a whole bunch of touchdowns, you're going to go up and up and up in fantasy production. So I think LaVisca Chanel is a wide receiver too this year. I think he's going to have some huge games. And I think he's going to be someone that at the end of the season, we're talking about as one of the top guys that you won in dynasty fantasy football. Okay, my, my only question to you is this. Are you worried at all that the Jaguars were targeting Kadarius Tony, that they drafted Travis Etienne? Maybe that'll dip in you know, Travis Etienne out of the slot. Do you think that'll take it away any of his targets? No. So I've, I've talked about this before. 
I don't see LaVisca Chenault as a slot receiver. I see him as a dominant X receiver. I see him as a guy that they can put outside, and they've talked about that in training camp, that he's made a lot of plays outside along the sideline, deep, working on his route running. He's immensely improved on his route running, according to all training camp reports. He's a guy that they can move around the field, but I think he, you know, he's such a physical specimen that he can be outside. He can dominate cornerbacks outside. And like I said, he wasn't in the slot nearly as much as people think last year. I know it's a different uh, you know, regime, but last year he was only in the slot 20%. He, he's not a slot receiver. He's a big guy that can play outside, but also play inside. So I'm really not worried about it. I think ETN, you know, probably get a lot of slot snaps, but. I don't think I'm worried about LaVisca being out there. I think LaVisca is lucky Tebow got cut the other day. That's all I got to say. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think about the Jaguars not going with Trevor Lawrence right now? They haven't said he's our guy. What do you guys think about that? Ridiculous. Seriously. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, to me, it's the same as Sirianni not naming her. Yeah, the, comp- the competition angle, which is stupid. It's like we you, know who the hell the starter you know is. He still thinks he's in college, I think. He's like, I don't have to name my starter to the first week. You know that? Don't don't talk to me anymore. So I feel like he's still playing college, man. To, to be honest with you, with what the Jaguars are doing for me, the problem that I see about with everything they have done is they've gone for familiarity across the board, right? So when you look at who they've brought in, obviously, like, it's not just player personnel. It's coaching staff as well. So Daryl Be- Bevel, mm-hmm. he had a massive rapport with Marvin Jones in Detroit. So I find it hard to believe that Marvin Jones, one of the most – Red zone efficient receivers of the past five years, his role lacks in that regard. And they only really, I mean, they had moments when Amendola was there, maybe. And if Golladay was there, I kind of see it where they had a trio of receivers. I feel mm-hmm. like they're going to be those two receivers and the dominant, dominant running back as it might be. Um, I'm actually a Colin Powell guy, speaking of second, second year receivers. Um, there you go. And you look at the prototype of what Golladay was, Colin Powell kind of fits that. Uh, Colin Johnson, not Powell. Uh, Colin Johnson. Yeah. Colin, Colin, I'm thinking about the guy in Kansas right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Colonel Powell, yeah. yeah. You're combining yeah. guys. So, yeah. so Colin, Colin Johnson, obviously, and he fits almost more of a prototype to what Golladay would be. So if you've got Johnson there with a guy like Marvin Jones, where the familiarity is, like I'm even bothered by like Carlos Hyde being there because obviously the Ohio State ties with Urban Myers are still coming across too. So you can kind of see where they're going in that direction. I, I kind of think... I kind of think, and I don't like the comp because you feel like the comp only really came to fruition last year when he was in Carolina. I feel like Chenault might end up being a, a higher, a, a better version of what Curtis Samuel was, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's how Urban Meyer might deploy him. I, I don't know if he's that guy. That's my problem with Chenault as a whole. I don't think it's because of him. I think it's the circumstances in it. The, He's electric when he gets the chance. He's really amazing. He has those moments, but I, I just don't trust what the Jaguars are doing. I know that seems funny because they got Trevor Lawrence. The, the line is okay. Their defense looks like it improved as well across the board. But I look at what Daryl Bevel does, and he likes those big-bodied receivers that will just go up and get it. That's exactly what Colin Johnson is, and he likes a guy like Marvin Jones that's going to play that possession on too. That's, that's kind of how I see that playing out. Sorry. So you are a Colin Johnson fan? No, I'm not. But I also I also know that just speaking of DFS, he's also three K in the first week of games against the Texans. Mm. So you know, <laughs> we, we 
got that going for us as well. So, GP, a guy like Colin Johnson's a guy that I'm looking at because I, I think he's as wild of a play as anyone else. So, when we're saying, when you're saying breakout for Colin Johnson, you're not talking like he's going to. No, not at all. I'm just saying. Like, 100 yards. You're just saying that you could see him being. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually agree with that. I, I kind of feel like DJ Chark's in a bit of trouble here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think so. I actually think that he might be in a bit of trouble. And what's a contract year? There were there were whispers of the trade talk yep. during 2020. I kind of feel like he might not be. I mean, I like him. I really do. I think he's a really good receiver. But I think, like, it's hard to argue at the point with what they're looking for. And I feel like Johnson might be. I, I, there's always surprises in camps and all that. I, I feel like we're not looking at him enough. He had a good back end of 2020. As well, he did some good things, and he's a name to watch. He's not my breakout uh, second yeah. sophomore player. He's not the guy that I would pick. I'm just saying, in terms of the Jaguars' uh, situation, that's something that I'm keeping an eye on. Who is before we get to me? Who is a guy that you would pick as second year breakout? I, I, I feel like it's hard to overlook Adam Troutman at this point. Mm. It's very hard to overlook, like the removal of Jared Cook, Michael Thomas being hurt, Traquan Smith being hurt. Um, he's got two quarterbacks that are. Well, he's got one quarterback. The other one's not really a quarterback. He's just terrible. <laughs> but he's got Jameis Winston, a guy that throws the ball somewhere in the air, and, and Troutman's smart enough to go get it. Um, and like, I, I like both guys there. And as, as breakout second-year players with Marquez Callaway, you're kind of looking at what they have built up. They're two guys that are in prime position at the moment to get more game time, which is really what you want. Um, no Jerry Cook, big-body guy. It, it kind of feels like he is... Uh, it feels like he's in, in position to make a, a dent on the league, uh, especially with how like tight ends go. You can always see there's always a guy that doesn't get drafted, particularly redraft, outside the top 12, and it comes in and just takes it by storm. He seems to be a best ball darling at the moment, Adam Troutman, as a second guy off the bat. But he and Marquez Callaway for me, like you look at what, what's available. You saw when that guy was playing quarterback, I don't know what his name is, I don't remember who he was, but he seemed to be targeting uh, Marquez Callaway very quickly and frequently in the first quarter there. And uh, it, it just seems like those are two guys as second-year breakouts for me in a team where it's really wide open because it's not Drew Brees' team anymore. They're going to look a whole lot different. There's a bit of explosiveness mm-hmm. and there's a lot of opportunity to uh, to do something different. So those are those are the guys for me that I'm looking at. If yeah. Jameis if Jameis is quarterback, what does that do for Taysom Hill? Does he move back to tight end, or do you think they keep him? I'm serious though. Like, do they keep him as a second-string quarterback and just have him chill he's, on the sideline? He's he's a wildcat. That's it. Yeah. He, for some reason, he played more than one. He played more than one snap at a time. For some weird reason, he's a wildcat. Is he a running back, tight end, fullback? He, he chucks it every now and again. He's not a quarterback. I, I refuse to believe. I don't rank him as one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I, I've got rankings that, that go out. He's not a quarter. I, I refuse to rank him as what he is not. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, he's, he's just not that. And He'll probably end the year with like. 12 rushing touchdowns. He's, he's really gonna up, watch, here's the fury. He's going to end up like the quarterback 10. And that's the crazy thing. You can <laughs> yeah, it's infuriating. But, you know, if any, I just implore anybody that thinks he's a quarterback, please watch that Denver game again. Please just go back and watch it again. I'm not a big tape guy. Watch the Denver game. Watch it. They, they brought in some kid off the street who was a wide receiver to play quarterback. He couldn't get it past his own 10-yard line. And Taysom Hill couldn't throw it further than five feet. The guy's a schmuck. So at this point, like, please watch that game and then tell me he's something he's not because he really isn't. So I'm hoping to dear God that it's Jameis that gets the gig because at least he'll, like, throw it to someone in the same colored shirt. He'll throw it to someone else occasionally too. 
But it'll kind of work tonight, the bet. Yeah, well, he got LASIK now, so he's good. He can see. Yeah, he's, he's oh, good now. man. He's just – I can't believe this is still a thing. <laughs> I will say, if Marquez Callaway is a thing, I'm going to be looking real pretty. I got really like, happy, yeah. I got – these are my most – I got – more shares of Marquez Callaway than any other player across my dynasty leagues. I think I have him in 75% of my dynasty leagues. I feel like I was hitting him hard in best ball early because he was undrafted, right? So he's my last pick. And, I, and I'm just, yeah, I got him in pretty much most of them. Uh, it was one of those things, but now he's like jumped. He's now jumped Traquan Smith and Adam Trapman. I think the last one I did was Drenoid. I think so at too, that yeah. point, At that point, he's now being taken where Darnell Mooney was. And as Shev was alluding to earlier, Darnell Moody's hype has gone through the roof. He's now jumped up three, four rounds as it is since then too. So, yeah. Crazy times for our second-year breakout receivers, it seems. Yeah. So, question for you guys. Before we get to me, I think there's a few players that we could agree already broke out that probably shouldn't be on this list, like uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Really, we wouldn't put him on here. Justin Herbert. Right. Nope. Nope. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Justin Jefferson. In terms of like, are you talking about the big name players that kind of went early that everyone's on? Yeah, like I, I, I can I can give you one if, if you want one. Yeah, I think Nate, Nate will like this. I think J.K. Dobbins. I mean, we're looking at what's happening in Baltimore at the moment. Everyone's got a hamstring injury. None of them are healthy. It's literally looking like the same team down the back end. It's Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and Bobkiss. So. There's no really sneak to bail them out. They've literally got no one. Maybe James Proch. Yeah, I know. He's in Vegas now, right? But it's yeah. it's one of those things where, like, it's it's literally Lamar, Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews at this point. Like, now what are we doing? Because uh, everyone else is injured. You go down through that injury list, it's, everyone is gone. Devin Duvernay. He's gone. gone. He's injured too. McSorley. <laughs> McSorley, gone. Marquise Brown, gone. <laughs> Like James Miles Boykin gone. Like they're all out, and Justice Hill is even out injured. Like this is where they're at. They got nothing. So, in terms of like opportunity, maybe he takes more of a pass catching role out of necessity. That could be something to keep an eye on too. How about Tyler Wallace? Is he hurt still? Is he hurt? Oh, uh, second year players. Yeah. Thanks, Chef. (laughs) (laughs) That was my guy. That was my yeah, guy I, last year. I, I, love I don't season. think – I actually don't think they're done finding players. I think they're going to wait for a few guys to get cut. There could be like, – imagine Denzel Mims. Like, the, the, the talk of Denzel Mims having a bad camp, he was sick and all that. Denzel Mims in Baltimore? My God. It would be amazing. But this is where they're at. They're always hurt at this point, mm-hmm. which is crazy to the, the strength and conditioning coaches that are there. Like if everyone's got a hamstring and back injury, like what is going on? <laughs> Four weeks out from the three weeks out from the season starting, and this is what you're doing to your players. There's something wrong with that program, if you're asking me. Mm-hmm. So I could see a guy like Dobbins, who might, out of necessity, take a bigger step forward in usage or, or a different role as it is. So mm-hmm. also on that list, I'm going to put Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, the high pick. He didn't pop like everyone wanted him to, but I think we could say he broke out. Joe Burrow. Um, you know, those guys. They all broke out. But one guy that I'm looking at here. Um, you know, a guy who I think could really surprise a lot of people besides Jacob Eason. You know, it's Eason season now. Um, I'm hearing a lot of things about Cleveland wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones in camp. Um, mm-hmm. Saw a couple highlights of him catching the ball really well, making some really spectacular catches. OBJ has not been the New York Giants OBJ since he got to Cleveland. 
Jarvis Landry had a little bit of a down year. I think he could be sneaky good. And I think he could be had relatively cheaply. What do you guys think about that? I just don't know what he's going to get this upcoming season. I don't know if he'll break out or not with all the people that are actually there. I mean, throw in the tight ends as well. They're going to throw the ball to Kareem Hunt. They'll probably add Chubb a little bit more in the passing game as well. So I just don't know where Donovan Peoples-Jones actually is going to fit into that offense and secure a role that is relevant enough. Well, if you think about it, Rashard Higgins got some pretty meaningful snaps last year too. Mm-hmm. So and he looked uh, pretty legit at some yeah, at some point yeah. in time. He was just, I like just serviceable. Better. So I, I would be a little bit more encouraged by people's Jones if they didn't also go get Anthony Schwartz. I know it's preemptive to think, but yeah, I think it's preempt. Uh, it's a little premature to talk about Schwartz in a role that he would have in a team like that, considering Beckham's coming back, Austin Hooper will be back, uh, David and Joker will be back. There's, there seems to be a litany of pass catches at the Browns, and they you know what they're going to do? They're going to shove it to Nick Chubb. So. Uh, it's also one of those things where I'm a little concerned with how they'll use him. Uh, mm-hmm. I like people's Jones, but again, like if you've got Higgins, who was pretty good, like all things considered, he had a pretty good year considering what was asking for him and what mm-hmm. you probably expected him from in the preseason. Um, I'd be more concerned about Schwartz coming through and taking more time from a guy like people's Jones or, or Higgins as well. Yeah. He went, he went, what did he go? Like third round, right? Third, fourth round Schwartz Schwartz third round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, they've given up a little bit to go get him, and he's he's lightning quick. He's going to play a very big role for them, I think. Yeah. And, you know, then it's Peoples Jones and Higgins fighting out for that extra role, and I just it's tough. Yeah, tough overall in the pecking order, I think the Anthony Schwartz pick definitely hurts Donovan Peoples Jones, but uh, maybe a bit long term outlook. You know, they they do play different positions. Um, they're mm-hmm. both wide receivers, but Donovan Peoples Jones is ex receiver, while Schwartz is probably more of a uh, y or Z, yeah, one of the two. I'm not sure where they're going to put them, but mm-hmm. um, but you know, both of them have Landry and Beckham ahead of them. So. Yeah. And in that low volume offense, I don't really care about either one right now, unless there's an injury. Okay. All right. So you guys are out on him. Um, still worth the late round dart throw, I think. Yeah. I like him sure. in Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so. I think we got time to go around and do one more player each if you want. So let's just do it kind of like a snake draft. I'll do my last guy and then we'll wrap back around Dan, Nate, Chev, and Pork. Um, no I'm not going to say Antonio Gibson because I'm sure Pork wants to talk about him. Um, <laughs> I don't have a problem with Antonio Gibson. Well, he's got a problem with you, buddy. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, oh, I come, remember he that. He can come to the, ah. the crib. Oh. oh, why? Doesn't. Doesn't Nova need the crib anymore? <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, I Very like Denver wide receiver Jared Judy as a breakout this year. I think Cortland Sutton coming back is going to take a lot off him, both on the field and mentally too. He doesn't have to try to step in and be that number one that I think he was kind of trying to be last year. Watching him last year, I saw the route running. I saw the cuts. I saw the speed. I just didn't see the, the sure hands that we were used to seeing at Alabama. Um, hopefully there's some quarterback stability I hope it's Drew Locke because I have way too much Drew Locke. Probably shouldn't be admitting that. Uh, but I like do. Jerry. I like Jerry, and I think, you know, if Drew Locke plays well, that offense could be pretty good, to be honest with you. I'm not going to say that they're going to be knocking on Kansas City's door, but I think they should have be able to compete. So, um, guys have any thoughts on Jerry Judy? That was actually my pick if he was coming back around to me. 
Um, I think it was more of Sorry, no, I have somebody else, but I figured it was going to be taken. But um, I think it was a uh, it was an issue with you know no training camp and all that stuff, and you couldn't get around to it. It's all good, and he couldn't you know get acclimated to the offense, and that was the issue with Drew Locke last year. He couldn't. They really didn't have a rapport. So I think this year with the full training camp, and I think Drew Locke will ultimately win that job. I think uh, he'll break out totally, especially with all the weapons that they do have. It's it's uh, I think it's prime for him to take over that job over uh, Sutton if he's not a fully a hundred percent. I have a question. I don't know this for a hundred percent, but isn't Drew Locke one of those guys who just like seems to always have a new offensive coordinator every year too? Oh, he's the new yeah. Marcus Mariota. Very good. Yep. Just like Jason Campbell. Year. Learning a new system. Again, that was Matt Ryan, too, for the first part of his career. Mm-hmm. And now it's – so it's just amazing how once these guys get some consistency in their coaching, how they can actually settle in and just absorb things. So, uh, Dan, let's it back, to, back around to you. One more second-year breakout. Yeah, I think in terms of a breakout, we're looking at someone who, who what didn't do as well as we thought they might have or performed. And obviously last year with how COVID and preseason went, I mean, I think the obvious answer out of this is to a tug of a lower. I think that right there is the one that everyone's looking at. They're setting him up, right? Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker looks all right in training camp. Jaseki's there doing all right. They got him Hunt along as well. They got him more protection. And Malcolm Brown is a very good blocking running back, although he's starting to get some more work. We laugh at it, but he's good at that. All right, you look at how he was deployed with the Rams a little. That's where he kind of stepped up a little bit as well. Uh, and he took those short yard work, uh, goal line work as well at one point, I think. So you look at that, how they've set him up. There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick. They've given him the, the keys to the, to the Ferrari. He's ready to go. So I find it hard to see a guy who's been taken, what, outside of the top 15 of quarterbacks in like best ball at the moment. You're looking at guys that can break into that higher echelon. That back end of the QB1 range is there for the taking because it's guys like Lamar Jackson, who I love, and who's going to end up a top quarterback, but... He's going to have to run for 1,400. You know, that's it's Ryan Tannehill. It's Matt Stafford. It's it's guys like that on that back end. Tom Brady, who really, when you think about it, there's a lot of opportunity for a guy like Tua who has the wheels, who can move if he has to, accurate mm-hmm. as hell. And they've given him players that aren't Isaiah Ford uh, and Jakeem Grant, although he's still there. If they stay he, was, he was thrown to Mike Perry at one point, Patrick Laird. These are the guys that he had as, at his – you know, I know, we laugh, but, like, yeah. this happened. These are the guys he had at his disposal at some point last year. Adam Shaheen. These are guys that yeah, – He's a bear. I, he was a bear. Very I, good. I know. I know. He, he was a good player and he's a decent tight end for what he does. But <laughs> this, is, this is what he had. So you're looking at a guy as a rookie, no preseason, injury issues. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick breathing down his neck. He was playing YOLO ball half the time. And a coach that didn't know what to do with him at the start. Now that I understand there's trade rumors with – what's an ain't going anywhere? That's – Let's clear that up. They're not making yeah. a move for him in Miami. That's just too much risk baked into that. Mm-hmm. Here he is. They've got him ready to go. They've worked on the line a little bit. Their defense is red hot. I think their defense is underrated. They were one of the premier mm-hmm. defenses towards the end of 2020. I, I, I think they're they're ready to make a charge. He was hurt last season too. We, we got to remember that. He wasn't fully yeah. healthy either. He's, so, like, got to give him a little bit of break I, on that. I don't see why he's a guy that can't. Yeah, I, I don't see why he's in a guy that he, he can't really catch those guys ahead of him. I, I just yeah. he's he's someone I'm absolutely stealing in best ball. I know this isn't a best ball thing, but for those who are listening, I'm sorry. As a second quarterback and tying it up there because he is just an absolute screaming value. 
please go get him. We got a please. comment here from Neil as well. Quarterbacks can take time to break out too. Not everyone is Herbert. I mean, yep. does, does, that go, does that go for Daniel Jones as well, please? Thank you. <laughs> you could, and, uh, we have Ro- Josh Rosen is still trying. Please give me my third year breakout. Thank you. From Pops Nooney, Pork looks like he's about to fall asleep. He might. He might. And Pops looks like he's about to fall asleep at the bar the other night, too. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Me and Chef right. called him. We got to, he had to see us two stores together. So um, before we move on to Nate, Nate, what do you think about University of Houston quarterback Clayton Toon? I think he's probably your next pick in the C to C, isn't he? He's he's the highest picked <laughs> player in the C to C. Or look, this guy's name is Cornelius. Do you think I should go with him? Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, go with him. Cornelius Brown, the fourth. Stud. Sounds like a good pick. Oh, yes. What about Garrett Walt Walchley from Utah State? Sure. Nate knows, Nate knows all these guys. Yeah, he's great. He's incredible, man. He has good hands. Well, even he's though a he, wide receiver, loosen the hips. No, he spells Garrett's with two T's instead of one, like Garrett Price. Also, pick him. Nate, second year breakout. All right, my second year breakout is Michael Pittman Jr. I am not worried about the Carson Wentz injury. Sounds like he's going to be just fine and might miss week one and two, but it sounds like I've heard a lot of rumors coming out of the training camp and the beat reporters that the injury was not as serious as they thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard the same thing about Quentin Nelson. Now, the Colts, you know, maybe we don't really trust them with injury news so there's something to be said for that but um i'm just gonna go ahead and shoot for the upside here um right now people are they were high on michael pittman a month ago they're low on michael pittman now because of the injuries they're low on jonathan taylor now i am not too afraid of it because michael pittman's competition is ty Hilton, who's like a zombie running out there most of the year. And then Paris Campbell, who, I mean, I've, I've seen him play like one half of a NFL regular season game. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at Michael Pittman, who at the end of last year, once he was healthy and got on the field, looked pretty good. He's got that incredible, you know, size speed combo we're looking for six foot four, 223 pounds, ran a four five, and that speed score is 93rd percentile. I mean, the guy can move for how big he is. And he's a guy that you can throw the ball to a contested catch. He's a guy that can get behind the defense. You know, he's a guy that Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason could really rely on and, you know, just can throw the ball at. You know, it doesn't matter. I think this is a guy that we could even see have like a Cortland Sutton year, you know, that Sutton had a couple years ago in his sophomore year where he was getting catches from Brandon Allen. But, you know, it doesn't matter because he's a guy that can make contested catches. You know, even if you have a crappy quarterback, as long as the guy's throwing the ball, Michael Pittman's going to should be able to catch it. So I'm not too worried about the injury right now because even if it's Jacob Eason for the first couple of weeks, I think Michael Pittman does decent enough. Um, he's a guy that the quarterback doesn't have to see get open. He can just chuck it up there. And when he's scared, T.Y. Hilton, I don't think is going to have a great year if Jacob Eason's throwing a little bit. And I think we've seen Carson Wentz, we know back in the day with Alshon Jeffrey healthy, a guy like Michael Pittman would be a great guy to combo with Carson Wentz. 
This is what we were excited about a month ago. I'm still excited about it now. And to just put the little cherry on top, I got his player profiler pick, uh, page up, which, by the way, I love pro player profiler. It's such a great website. Right now, the best comparable from Michael Pittman. And these do change based on statistics and like how they do in the NFL. But right now, the best comparable from Michael Pittman is Dwayne Bowe. And we, we remember how good Dwayne Bowe was back uh, in the day. Um, I also just want to take a second to point out that Alshon Jeffrey was never healthy in Philadelphia. <laughs> when he was healthy, he was playing with the torn rotator cuff. So mm -hmm. um, I don't think that dude was ever healthy. But um, we're just going to backtrack real quick. Dan, did you say you had another breakout you want to talk about too? No, oh, man, on sleeper, I have back-to-back. I can give you another one if you want. I got, I got... Whatever you want to do. I thought that's what you meant. I was going to say, that's if you what want. I thought, too. <laughs> nah. Is that the turn? I've got Jay Mitchek on the on the clock at the moment. I'm coming up with double picks after him in a minute. So, nice. well, tell, just, Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll move on, and you tell us who you picked then. How's that I, I mean, you guys can pick for me if you want. I don't care. I'm having fun with this one. I'm, <laughs> but going, then, I'm going rogue in this draft. It's not good. That's <laughs> really bad. Until then, Chev, who do you, who's your last second year breakout? Yeah, I'm going to leave A.J. Dillon for Pork to talk about. I feel like he's got some good analysis on him coming up. So I'm going to go with Gabriel Pork. Davis with the Buffalo Bills. You can get him at wide receiver 65 at the moment, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. I think his upside is so much higher than that. He's playing with a guy that who loves to sling the football around. Their rushing game is not the greatest uh, other outside of Josh Allen. Uh, they've had a tough time running the football. I think they're going to continue to sling the ball around as well. They showed good production last season. We can't predict touchdowns, uh, so that's the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit. That seven touchdowns last season really boosted him up. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to see a lot more targets this season. Uh, I know they got a whole bunch of old guys around him as well. Uh, so it might take one more year, but he's definitely going to be getting a lot of targets from Josh Allen this upcoming season. Uh, and that really excites me, especially with Stephon Diggs on the other side. It's going to take a lot of the coverage away for him. So I'm looking for a Gabriel Davis to break out a little bit more this season. Okay. Is there, Pork, do you have any other bills that you might think break out? <laughs> no, I do not. You think Zach Moss could break out? I've, I've been told that he looks really good. He's running as the running back one in camp. That's what we hear. No, I do like Zach Moss, but um, oh. my guy, my guy is actually a, a person that you actually really like. Um, he's probably going to be the wide receiver too on the team. That's why, Mister Quez Watkins. I really think that he's going to break out. Um, Jalen Rager, Keith Cates making all these uh. Weird, nice-looking catches, but when it Weird. comes to him catching with two hands, uh, it usually doesn't work out too well for him sometimes. Um, but what we've seen in training camp is Quez Watkins going against J.C. Jackson in the joint practices, and he's been roasting him all games. I mean, all practice. And all the other corners, he's just running past them. Um, we also saw during the preseason game, he took a simple screen and just took it to the house. Um so right now, to me, I think it's just going to be Smith and Quez on the outside and Jalen Rager in the slot. And if they have Quez Watkins going deep, that opens up a lot of stuff down the middle. But we also know he can burn the outside. And Jalen Hurts, who can be another second-year breakout, um, has a really good deep ball, and he's going to take it up top and, and you know, 
and burn everybody else on the team. So I really think he's going to uh, really kill it this year for the Eagles, especially on times where we might uh, might be down. Might might be down. Yeah, <laughs> because It'll I be, uh, pretty often, be. man. So listen, I love Quez Watkins and. Bork knows that. We talk about Quez Watkins all the time. We liked him better than John Hightower last year. Um, he actually had a third to fourth round draft grade on him last year, but it was maturity issues that dropped mm-hmm. in the sixth round because, you know, who would think that a 21-year-old kid in college would be immature? I mean, you know, right. come on. Come on, NFL. Seriously, do better when it comes stuff to, to stuff like that. I'm excited more at, for Quez Watkins as an Eagles fan than I am as a fantasy football player. I'll say that. Do I want him in best ball or DFS? Yes. Am mm-hmm. I taking him in dynasty teams? Probably not. Um, I think he's a guy that I might have a hard time fitting into lineups somewhere because I feel like there might be guys with safer floors than him. Um, I actually have to slightly disagree. I don't think Jalen Hurts has that great of a deep ball. I think he is a good short to intermediate ball. He doesn't really set his feet very well. Um, a lot of the, the throws I saw him make against Pittsburgh were just a little off target. I think he missed Goddard or Ertz wide open. Um, he did look a little nervous, which, you know, hey, preseason is the time to get that out there. It was his first snaps on the field as the bonafide number one quarterback. So I think Sirianni is the guy to coach stuff like that out of him. But um, honestly, as I, I even bought a Quez Watkins shirt last night. No lie. <laughs> but I am not buying Quez Watkins for Dynasty. And, hey, listen, if I'm wrong, then I'll gladly take, take the a L- shot. Yeah, I'll take a take shot if I'm on. That's fine. Sean, <laughs> do your thing with that. But um, I'm just kind of out on him for fantasy, and I'm in on him for the real NFL. Well, there, there was a ton of deep balls that Jalen Hurts threw last year to your boy Hightower, who just didn't catch it. That's your boy. That's your boy. <laughs> You know I don't like him at all. Well, he's also but on I, the Buster bubble, so, you know. But you got to fix his car, Mike. Yeah. I'm not fixing his car. You're looking for his good mechanic. He's got that fifth round money. That's not enough to have me fix the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, Quez Watkins and his 4.35 40-yard dash. Yeah. What a garbage bu- what a garbage bunch of receivers your Eagles have. <laughs> you know what? Oh I'll say a white side high tower. <laughs> What's they're going, going on over there? They're probably, they're probably both going. Hightower what? will probably be in the practice squad. It's, Which I'm okay with. I'm okay with Hightower in the practice it, squad. It, it really it really screams go get Travis Fulgham again. He's probably, out in, he's, probably on I, waiver, he's probably on your waiver wise. He's going to play. But, tra- but gonna, Travis, he might. But the thing is, with Travis Fulgham, I, I believe he's getting outplayed in practice too. Right, Quiz Watkins, right? Sierra, yeah, but if Sirianni is preaching competition – yeah, okay, he sure. might not see the field because he played well in the beginning. Yeah. He was, you know, had that trending up for a good while during the season, and then he just tailed off, and they had to bring Alshon back. I will say this: um, I think Fulgham's a guy that he he looks better in the game than on practice. You know, there's he's guys like Tim Tebow. He's going yeah. to be of use. That's the thing. He's 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 significantly different to all the other receivers they have. These guys weigh about fifty. So like he's he's a big boy that he's not bad. He's he's I don't know what happened to Philly the back end of last year, but he was pretty good for for that chunk of games in the middle, like like Paul Cam was saying. Oh, the exact quote from Travis Fulgham in a press conference was um it was it was known in the locker room oh, that when Austin Jeffrey comes back, that's his spot, you step back. 
Oh, so he's not. Oh, he's very subdued. Oh, well, he, that no, that's what the coaches told him to do. All shuns back. You, you know, and hey, that's why Doug Peterson doesn't have a job. Although apparently he turned down two offensive coordinator positions. Yeah, I, I, I would like to know who offered him an offensive coordinator job. So Seattle, uh, probably probably the Jets. <laughs> hey, before we head out, this question is for Chev. Thoughts on Cole Komet getting more playing time in Chicago and potential breakout? All I got to say about Cole Komet is I saw him try to hurdle somebody last preseason game and got absolutely cracked. So I'm, I'm not full, fully bought in on Cole Komet at the moment. I'll tell you that. We got, we got eight other tight ends that can do his job, I think, right now. No, I think he'll, I think he'll be all right. I don't think he's going to take the lion's share away from Jimmy Graham. He's getting paid a lot of money to still be there, and I still think they're going to try to use Jimmy Graham in some way even though they have a younger guy in Cole Komet. All right, so there you go. Chev's in on Cole Komet, just not for this year necessarily. So I think you're – does it sound like you're predicting more of a third-year breakout for Cole? Yeah, I mean, tight ends you got to wait a little longer anyway. So, yep. I mean, not everybody's going to be Adam Troutman and be given the starting job. Like, it just doesn't happen at tight end most of the time. I mean, still, look at Dallas Goddard. He's there. We all thought Ertz was going to get traded. It still hasn't happened. So, that. Those those veterans are very very. Uh, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say. They're very reliable, and you just want to keep them on your roster. I those feel like veterans are very veteran. <laughs> there you go. It's 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 part for the course though. Like you look at all these veterans that are still about. Like Irv Smith didn't take over last year. Rudolph was still about right. Delaney Walker, Joey Smith, all those guys were hanging about. These these tight ends do take time to mature and get their yeah. get their run, but. Hey, Dan, question for you. Giants question here. Sure. Um, do you think Rudolph could be a good a good buy if the Giants don't re-sign Evan Ingram? Maybe he's the guy that kind of steps up there. I'm not saying, like, we're talking uh, tight end one, but, like, a mid-tight end two flex play if you need him. Uh, no. You think so? I, look, look, the way I saw the way I saw the Rudolph acquisition line. And I, I, I find how the giants moved very aligned to what Jason Garrett does. I'm not sure that what we've done is best for Daniel Jones per se. You look at Golladay. I've said that the comps are kind kind of one-to-one. We were talking about Detroit before with Daryl Bevel and the OC getting what he needed for what he's done before. If, it, if Garrett's the guy calling the plays and Jones is his guy, you look at Golladay in comparison, and I'm not saying they're the same players, please, but it's like they got their Des Bryant in that regard. Kyle Rudolph, they got their Jason Witten. Kadarius Tony, unfortunately, they got their Tavon Austin. You look at all these comps that they've got, like they've got guys that are aligned to what Jason Garrett is good at. Because at one point, their offense at Dallas with Garrett, that was pretty good. Like you can't deny that they weren't very good at one point. And that might have been a talent thing with Romo, Bryant, Witten, either was DeMarco, whoever they had running back. They were ridiculous. But you look at how they've done this, and that kind of seems how how staggered they look with what they have. Um, I I am concerned that Kyle Rudolph is going to get more snap snap time than uh than what Ingram does. But then again, Ingram, oh man, he's 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 been brutal the last year. And, you know that might have been a preparation thing, and you know twenty twenty was weird for everyone. But mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't even know if they'll look to resign. Ingram, if Barkley is the guy that they're trying to sign to a big-term deal, I think Ingram might be the guy that misses out. However, you look at how we have uh, guys like Slayton, like those guys, unfortunately, that like you can lose guys like that and pick up similar players. 
it doesn't matter. Like Shepard could be a guy that ends up, you know, they might have to restructure him at some point because he's fairly he was fairly expensive. I don't know what it's like now. It's it's you know, I'd find it hard for them to kind of keep Ingram and Barkley at the same point. So I think he might be a guy that if you have, you know, if he starts having a few good games, he might be a guy you try to move on. I think. Hypothetical question. What do you do as a Giants fan if Joe Judge gets fired and Jason Garrett becomes the head coach of the New York Giants? Well, I always thought, I always thought, I know this is something that like he kind of, kind of gets smashed for, like old Clappy, but it's one of those things where when, when he was hired, Joe Judge, the, the idea that we had a 10-year veteran coach from the NFL there behind him, there was so much that was going wrong with the Giants in 2020, whether it was the offensive line, whether it was Jones, the unknowns with Jones, there was so much going wrong at the time. If things have stabilized under Joe Judge. I don't think he gets fired this year anyway. But if the hypothetical is that, like Jason Garrett's going to be good enough to get them through the year. I don't think they'd extend him as a head coach. I don't see that ever happening. There's too much going on for that to be. Although the Maras do like Garrett, and I know that's a thing too. But I just I don't think there would be instability like people would think either. So I, I don't. I never hated the hire anyway. I just thought it was one of those things. Well, okay, you've got an inexperienced head coach who's more of a special teams guy, and they've got a head coach from from Dallas who has had success. Dallas teams were pretty good, and he ran that. And I, I didn't really have a problem with that. Everyone doesn't like Garrett. It's a mixture of things. Jones was bad. The O line was bad. Barkley gets injured. Uh, you know, they got rid of uh, Beckham, and that was one player that they didn't have like a year or two ago. Like everything kind of fell apart, and especially when you lose like the matriarch like Eli Manning, that's hard to like come back from. I know that sounds silly, but he was the glue with that culture of that team. It's very hard to deny that. So yeah. when when those things sort of happen and it falls apart, there was no one there, to, no one with experience to kind of lean on. So Garrett, if things did fall apart and he was the guy that was still about, I don't think that'd be a big problem like to see a season out. It might be yeah. a problem for Daniel Jones though. So you heard it here first. Uh, Jason Garrett, we're good. You good. Giants fans are good. You look at some of the other you look at some of the other coaches that are about as offensive coordinators and they're like they're pretty bad and there's some really bad coaches going about. Could you imagine like the guy in Detroit? Say he gets canned after six weeks. Weirder things have happened and then they're stuck with Anthony Lynn. Like that would be that would be terrifying. So it's it's it goes both ways with a lot of things, you know. So I don't know. I think there's you could do worse, not much worse than Jason Garrett, but Hey, listen. There's there's, at least there's stability in the known with him. It's Mm. just a matter of time until Norv Turner gets an offensive coordinator position again. (laughs) We're a better chance of getting Ben McAdoo back. Oh, boy. (laughs) Hey, we're going to head out here. We're going to cut it at 50 minutes. So, uh, Uh, thank you for joining us. Dan, why don't you tell everyone what you got going on and where they can find you until we hear from you next time? Oh, okay. Uh, Patrons, so this is a good plug. Be a patron of the Dynasty Rewind. Uh, you get pretty cool things going on through there, including uh, all my DFS stuff and best ball work. That's all going through there. Although, uh, you know, Bob's been doing incredible stuff with the best ball work on YouTube. So mm-hmm. everyone should subscribe to that as well, plug. Uh, but uh, I've got a, I actually was taught how to use this early today. So uh, the first DFS introduction will be tomorrow. Uh, there should be an article. There should be an article, Sean, uh, coming out soon for all those who are patrons. Uh, 
and then from there we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a weekly there should be an ama with that as well I'll, I'll try to host in the group meet for patrons as well that'll obviously fuel the uh the video or the podcast for for those in regards to dfs dfs lineups uh and that that as well i do have a podcast it's a gotham city sports radio podcast i've got to really do one uh that will be coming out soon i also write for uh, going for two i do a game plan of the week uh, for them as well. And the Monday Night War Room when the season's on. So I'm a bit of Eddie everywhere at this moment. Pretty good. So Jason Snyder says, yeah. sign up using the code word Dan and was it win a chance at a Taysom Hill signed jersey? No. Love that. <laughs> you can use the promo code Rewind on uh, Underdog Fantasy. You get $25 deposited directly oh. in your account. That is oh. with a deposit of $0. Would I rather win a Taysom? Win a Taysom Hill jersey. I'd rather hang out at a dog park with Michael Vick. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, good man. I wouldn't want that. It no. sounds, he is allowed to have dogs now, um, but who oh, left the dog yeah. out? Is he? Other than Nate Christian. And, Nate, why don't you tell everyone where to find I had to <laughs> Tell everyone where to find you until next time. Yeah, you can find me at Nate NFL. That's what Maddie called me the entire weekend. He was like, Nate NFL. Nate <laughs> NFL. I'm like, hi. My name's Nate. Man, it was a great weekend. Uh, we had a great time. Thank fun. you again for everyone that came out. Finally got to get eyes on Chev and Nooney. Uh, Chev, where can we find you until next time? Yep, you can find me at Chev Boyard, Boy with an eye on Twitter. All right, Chev, it was great to finally meet you in person. He was uh, the guy that on this podcast, we I've been doing it with him the longest, and I have yet to meet him. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this beautiful bald dome a couple of times in person. Pork, where can we find you until next time? Um, you can find me at FF uh, Porkman on Twitter and my beautiful, mean looking face on there, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I said in the group chat earlier that if you were a fighter, you'd be Evander Butterfield. Where can I, where can I find one of those rocking chairs? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we got this from Babies R Us. This is a rocket chair for the There's no more Babies R Us. Porkman, by the way, the mailman that came to work today had the little fan necklace on. <laughs> oh, you know. oh, that's funny. Until oh, next man, time. I'm everywhere. If you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at RewindCEO. I would much rather you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.